I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham, joined as always by Mr. Neil Smith for your nonstop, one-stop shop. For all your master's recap, Neil, how you doing today? Oh, you know, just sitting here in the shrine to Dustin Johnson that I've erected since his glorious victory. I mean, it was never in doubt. It's... uh I've also ordered a series of painter's hats, which will be available on the website at some point. Uh, you know, get your custom Dustin Johnson style, important nonsense painter hat before it Perfect. impress your friends, frankly. Exactly. So for the next two hours, going to be breaking down all the masters and everything you missed over the four day weekend. <laughs> no, can't really. Wait. We're just going to be talking about players here. Fantasy football week 11. Uh, we are in a league where week 11 is the final week of the season. You also have the Scott Fishbowl, where Week 12 ends the season. You have most leagues ending in Week 13. Neil, we are getting near the end of the regular season. The playoffs are nearly upon us. Are you ready for postseason football? I am. I am. And if you would have asked me... Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I'm, I'm seriously looking forward to fantasy playoffs this year. I hope everybody who's still listening to this is looking forward to your fantasy playoffs. <laughs> If you've been listening to us, there's every chance not to take a victory lap too soon. But uh, no, I can't wait because it's been a uh, it's been a wild season. And if you would have told me what four or five weeks ago when we were talking about all the schedule wonkiness and everything else that we would actually have made it to this point as unscathed as we have been, you know, knock on wood, uh, I'd have called you crazy. I thought this was all going to come to an end. So I'm I'm excited. I can't believe we're continuing to roll forward. Well, it's kind of a dead week in news. Uh, there's not a ton going on in the NFL. Hold on, hit the breaking news drop. Tua just landed on the injury report. Late oh, breaking. Oh, no, don't do Late it. Late breaking. No, it's all right. It'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be okay. But, I mean, he's looked good. The Dolphins are 5-3. and three. They're actually, or what are they, 6-3 and three now? I, don't, I can't even. 6-3 and three now. Jeez. And uh, they are totally have resurrected themselves from the ashes of last year into a mediocre football team. And it's one of the most fascinating real football stories. Remember when Josh made. Rosen was the starting quarterback for the Dolphins for two I weeks? I do remember that. <laughs> remember when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and was like putting up career numbers and winning them games. And they were like, no, 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 no. We go to the kid. And everybody was like, okay, that seems even Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's had this happen to him like six times was this time was like, really? And two weeks later, now no one can argue <laughs> this decision. This was the decision. This was the correct thing to do. But even then, I mean, don't forget uh, a couple weeks from now, we will be talking about our league winners. Uh, you bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick. Talk about guys like um, like Brashad Perryman, Ryan Fitzpatrick, guys on the waiver wire you can pick up that can win you your league. Still widely available guys that uh, foreshadowing foreshadowing shadowing out there for you also shout out to our guy scott hansen who uh who dropped a uh a catch the fever for us oh that was great that was so great it was my favorite part of sunday my favorite part loved it 
But let's uh, let's get into a couple of these players here, Neil. So again, this we're gonna do some player comparisons today. Just have some fun. Talk about some players having some interesting seasons. Uh, first, we're gonna start off with a couple of QBs. All right, so we're gonna do a head-to-head QB comparison. QB number one, one thousand eight hundred and thirteen passing yards, six hundred and thirty-seven rushing yards. 17 total touchdowns and five turnovers. Quarterback number two, 2,375 passing yards, 604 rushing yards, 27 total touchdowns, and 10 total turnovers. So, Neil, can you tell me who player one and player two are? Well, player two is Kyler Murray. Yes, that, that is correct. The rushing total gives that away. <laughs> that one is that one is easy so the other one you said the first one just to confirm you said 17 total you said 17 touchdowns yes i did okay. so kyler murray you already figured out was player two well, he's at 2300 i feel like you're trying yards, to trick so me and say that- about 500 more passing yards than player one just 30 less rushing yards 10 more total touchdowns, but five more turnovers. Is player A Lamar? Player A is Lamar's nine-game pace from last season. There we go. Okay. There you go. So through his first nine games last year, Lamar was player one. Just barely more rushing yards, 10 less touchdowns, 500 less passing yards. That is the pace that Kyler Murray is on right now. 26.2 26.2 points per game for Lamar, 30.1 points per game right now for Kyler. Unbelievable. Remember like years ago when Peyton Manning broke that points record for a single season? It was like, never going to happen again. And then it's been broken like six times in five <laughs> last years yeah. running. It yep. just keeps getting broken. Three years people, can't even, people can't even hold it for one season right now. Kudos to Kyler because that rushing makes us look foolish, Steve. We, yeah, I feel like we, we took were talking our about, last week. I feel like um, last season we talked about Lamar Jackson, the amazing MVP run that he had, and how he was a slam dunk pick to be the fantasy MVP. Um, again, because of the massive numbers that he put up, and as I just laid it out there, like the numbers that Kyler are putting up are even better. At this point, is Kyler the fantasy MVP? I think it's a de- it's a discussion, but it's not as much of a slam dunk for me as it was for Lamar. No, it's and it's also it it is interesting though to have that conversation a little early because if you're going to lo- use like the transitive property on it, you know what I mean. Well, if Lamar did the thing and was the MVP, and then Kyler does the thing, and you know, but better, yeah. how is he not the MVP? It gets into the idea of price tags. And, uh, and what you had to invest. Yeah. It's what you had to invest to get, to get where you needed to go because loyal, loyal listeners and just folks playing up until last year. will remember Lamar was an afterthought. That was a quarterback you could have at the end of your draft. And yeah, Lamar's ADP was 10th round last season. Uh, and Kyler was one of the hot commodities. He was actually QB six by ADP. And when it was all said and done, he was going in about the fifth round round in most drafts so if you wanted kyler you definitely had to pay up for him but if you did unlike lamar it it, it has worked out yeah yes 
I think the interesting one, if you want to talk about fantasy MVPs without derailing entirely, would be James Robinson. Because you get into the idea of, well, that was free. <laughs> like, I just hit the lottery yeah. off the waiver wire, and I got top-end RB2, like, all year with upside to finish, actually, as an RB1, because they're that bad in Jacksonville, but they're featuring him. And he's he's had a couple clunkers in there, but he's won you so many games. So it's that that's an interesting one for me because I think the Jerry's still out on who the fantasy MVP will be for this season. Yeah, it won't I mean, be we're Tyree Kill. It won't be Tyree Kill. That's, that's I mean, what I feel good about. So let's have any fantasy MVP discussion. This is actually a good transition. Let's go into the second one, and then we'll talk about MVP a little bit more because there there have been some other ones. So these are two players. Player A, fifty-eight receptions on eighty targets. 769 yards and six touchdowns. Player B, 44 receptions on 72 targets, 650 yards, 10 touchdowns. Tough one. Well, okay. One of them, does one of them play in Seattle? No. See, I think one of them, I think one of them is Tyler Lockett. Is what is what that is. I think the fifty-eight reception is Tyler Lockett. Nope. And I think if we're gonna pl- no? no, no, no. I'll give I'll give you a hint. This is a swerve. It's kind of a I trick love question. To do that to because me. they play for the same team. Oh, they play for the same team. Oh, interesting. Okay, is one of them Tyler Boyd and the other one T Higgins? Because I know this is like our favorite conversation. Uh, did I did I win? <laughs> it is. It is not. No. Oh, it's. This one more shot because I know it's fun for the listener to listen to me listen to me try to effort through my brain on on live radio. <laughs> is one of them Amari Cooper and the other one Ceedee Lamb? Uh, it is not. Okay. So, play, player A, fifty-eight receptions, eighty targets, seven sixty-nine, and six touchdowns is Travis Kelsey. Player <laughs> B is Tyreek Hill. Oh. Oh, so this goes back to the discussion. The payoff, because was, the payoff was worth it, by the way. I have, I have you fooled, had people. You fooled me. You fooled me good. You fooled me. Uh, I've had good. people uh, say, especially recently, that Travis Kelsey is the undisputed fantasy MVP. Because with Kittle hurt and Andrews struggling, Travis Kelsey gives you such a dominant advantage on a weekly basis in the sure. tight end spot. Now, it, that is hard to argue. But this goes all the way back to what we talked about in the preseason. Yes, Travis Kelsey is good. Yes, he gives you wide receiver numbers in your tight end position, but you have to pay a first-round pick to get him. So in order to have that dominant tight end hold, in order to have the advantage of tight end like that on a week-in and week-out basis, you're giving up one of those back-end first-round running backs, or you're giving up a top-five wide receiver. You more than likely passed on Devontae Adams because you wanted Travis Kelsey instead. You more than likely passed on Dalvin Cook because you wanted Travis Kelsey instead. That is the decision you were making during draft season. So for me, I cannot put Travis Kelsey into the MVP discussion because of what you had to pay to get him. That's fair. That is totally fair because at a minimum you were giving up a second pick at a, because th- there's no league where he made it outside the first 
two rounds unless it's a league of people that are Denver Bronco fans, I guess, and they just fade all the Chiefs. Like that's what it would need to be. You're yeah. <clears throat> so it's it's one of those situations. Or it's right. a league of 49er fans and Kittle went first. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody else. Kelsey, he's old. Wave of the future, George Kittle. And I agree with that. And it's fair, but it just didn't work out. And Travis Kelsey, people want to, were, the preseason were making the, the he's old narrative. And I'm like, he's not just going to suddenly drop off a cliff just because he's like 31. It's not, it's not a, it's not going to go that quickly, I don't think. And they're too good of an offense for it to completely crater out. But he's been, he's been, uh, He's been amazing, but I, I agree with you. I don't know that I could go there with with. I get the argument, but I don't know that I could go there because I go back to the same thing we were discussing, where it's like you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to explain to me then, and we'll know at the end of the year. That's why it's tough to have this conversation now to an extent. But if James Robinson was to finish as a top five running back, I don't know how he's not the MVP because you got it for for nothing. It was a waiver claim, right? It was like a waiver claim that turned into an RB1 at that price. He's what people wanted CEH to be, except it didn't cost you anything. Like that's, <laughs> you're going to win your league unless the rest of your draft went totally cake in the rain. Yeah. Like it's, it's a league winner of the highest order. It's kind of like that David Johnson playoff run from 2016. Yeah, I mean, right it's a lot right like that. now, there are two players um, who are a cut above at running back and it's Kamara and Cook. They're far ahead of everybody else. And then number three is James Robinson. Yeah. James Robinson and Derrick Henry and PPR scoring are 60 points behind Dalvin Cook, who's in second. But, I mean, other than that, it's Robinson, Henry, Jacobs, Elliott, Jones. It's all guys you were taking in the first round top into your draft. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible what he's been able to do as an undrafted player. Yeah. As somebody that nobody basically knew anything about and wasn't doing anything with. And yeah, I, I'm, that was a swing and a miss for us. Oh, it was. Of anything. Because we're because, not, neither again, one of us. Our, our whole argument was, was never that James Robinson isn't good or that he can't play. It's just that I don't think he can keep a top 10 pace. And I think that at some point Armstead and the Zigbo come back and do something. And now Armstead's been ruled out for the year. And Azigbo is still battling injuries. And remember, Chris remember Thompson is not Chris getting hurt Th- again. Remember when Chris Thompson was a thing for people in drafts? No. Yeah, that all went away very quickly. And it's just the James Robinson show. And yeah, we looked dumb in week three when we were saying, you know, sell high on James Robinson. That turned out to be wrong because what, whatever you would have got wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have made up for the value. There's no way. Not at that time, not, not, not at that point in time. And neither one of us is the biggest James Robinson people. And I certainly don't think he's as good as Arian Foster, like Twitter wants to talk about. I'm still not there with them with that. And also for Dynasty, I know this isn't a Dynasty show, but it'd be a conversation to have with John. Like, what is James Robinson long-term? Because I honestly don't know. Is he, are they going to see what yeah, he I mean, did? He's going to be like a one-year one rental? He was an unrestricted free agent yeah. too. So uh, he's got, I think it's a four-year deal he's on. Um, so he's there for basically nothing, but they also have literally nothing invested in him. So would it completely surprise me if with their glut of picks next season, they draft a running back in the third, third round and right. steals James Robinson's job? No, or at least part it. of it enough to enough yeah. to throw cold water on it. And it's like, no, that, that's, that's why I'm saying James Robinson in dynasty is a really nice name and it's interesting, but where for me, it's like for redraft, I, he's on the trade table. He's in the top five at running back. How could he not be at this point? Even I am willing to concede this. 
as someone who has not been a believer in this little experiment to this point, that's kind of what this show has turned into is kind of us just like, look, nobody bats a thousand. <laughs> like James Robinson, you get a, I've seen enough of it at this point to just understand that at least for 2020, for the rest of this year, barring injury, that's the Jack, that's Jacksonville. They're not going to change it and suddenly go pass happy, especially with, with Luton in there. I still want to call him Lutton, by the way. I know he, I know it's not Lutton, but <laughs> yeah. I know it's not that, but it, it should be Lutton. It's, but it's one of those deals where I think you agree with me, where it's like begrudgingly, just kind of accept it. It's like that's that's just what it is, and and there you go. And if there's still some somebody out there who's refusing to turn the corner on it, and you could somehow magically pull a trade off for less than top five running back value, it may not be the worst idea in the history of time to do it, just because. Running back is very thin right now. You, Steve, you brought it up. There's only two guys that are kind of left in that 1A category. And not all of those guys got got dropped out of that category because they just themselves got hurt. I mean, Zeke's down there because the Cowboys disintegrated like sugar and coffee. But th- let's continue this conversation uh, after the break. All right, we're back. We're going to keep talking about running backs specifically here. And fantasy MVPs, basically, at the halfway point is what this kind of has evolved into. And I like it. I like the organic discussion that has been built out of our player comparisons. So, so uh, this one is a, a trifecta for you, Neil. So, so keep up with me here. All right. Maybe you want to write this down. You, you can right. write this down at home, too, unless you're driving. And then and probably then, uh, don't. And, and then make sure you're texting it. Because that's how. Yeah. <laughs> Speak to text. Yeah. My colleague would prefer to, that we don't get sued. So speak to text, please. Would be great. Sure. Yeah. That. Hands free. Yeah. Uh, okay. So player A, 20 receptions, 1,143 total yards, 13 touchdowns. Player B, 59 receptions. 1,277 yards, 12 touchdowns. And player C, 67 receptions, 1,134 yards, so the least amount, and 11 touchdowns. So player C has the most receptions, but least amount of yards and touchdowns. Interesting. Okay. It's a lot to unpack there. Uh, Is player C Alvin Kamara? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so that one was easy. <sighs> yeah, I figured the receptions would give that yeah, one. Yeah, the receptions that. tips tips your hand on on that one. That one's easy. The other ones are not nearly as not nearly as cut and dry. Hmm. Well, did you say one of them had 59? Player player A has 59 receptions. So player A has 20 catches, player B has 59. Okay. And I tell you what, if you can guess well, player A, I'll just give you player B. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, player A, if we focus on the 20, player A is Melvin Gordon. No. Okay. Then player A is Dalvin Cook? Yes. Okay. So this is going back to, it's been an interesting year for the top five running backs. Uh, player A, the 20 catches, 11.43, and 13 touchdowns was Dalvin Cook. Player C, 67 receptions, 1,134 passing, or I'm not, not passing, 
that would be nice too if you could get in and on that's some of that Taysom Hill action. Maybe that would really a couple of weeks. That would really help see. out actually for those of us who roster Alvin Kamara yeah. who'd love to win a title. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. If you could figure Total that out. Rushing and receiving yards. He's got nine less currently than uh, Dalvin Cook, but that's Alvin Kamara. Player B that I mentioned with 59 receptions, 1,277 yards, and 12 touchdowns is the combination of Zeke, CMC, and Saquon Barkley. <laughs> the three yeah. guys that were going top okay. three in the draft this year combined to this point. So CMC and Saquon obviously dealing with injuries. Zeke with the, the QB issues has been a nightmare. But yeah, if you had a top five pick, remember it was, who do you want? CMC, Zeke, or Saquon? And then who's the fourth guy? Some people <laughs> it it's Eric Henry. For some people yeah. it's, it's yeah. The amount, remember the amount of people that were telling us, I'm taking CEH over Alvin Kamara and feel great about it. Oh, I do remember, remember that. that. I do remember that. I do remember and calling I those have people crazy. CEH into this, but I decided that we've, you know, kind of crapped on him enough to this we've point. We've flogged that enough. Just yeah, for that, one week, yeah, I that, put that, that in the background. We've, we've, we've definitely spent way too much time last week taking a victory lap on, the, <laughs> on that one, on the trade deadline show. That'll be a whole show. Just we'll get, we'll get a whole CEH sucks show going. Can't wait for that one. But no, bring remember, on Matt. Pete, Get Matt from the Dynasty team on there for that one. I want to see him cry. Yeah, that's that's part of the um, that's part of the stuff we were talking about too back in July and those early returns where because of the contract disputes, people were fading Dalvin Cook and fading Alvin Kamara, so they were going in the back of the first round. If you drafted early, like in the the Scott Fish Bowl, for example, I got Dalvin Cook with like the. What was that? The ninth pick of that draft, something like that. Eighth, ninth pick. So they were fading Dalvin Cook to oblivion, and these were industry experts. So the amount of people that that put way too much into these offseason storylines. Well, yeah, and some of that had to do with the holdout conversations, and then Kamara yeah. threw the curveball at the end, where the last week of preseason he was like, "I'm going to sit out," and then they got a deal done like a right. week later, and. Cook I feel like another good example of that is Raheem Mostert too. Is people said, "Oh, it was a flash in the pan," and then he asked for a trade, and then he said, "Oh, I never demanded a trade. I just said I wanted to get paid more than the league minimum." <laughs> right, 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 but, right. Yeah. But during that two-week stretch, while they were negotiating that out, Raheem Mostert was getting faded into like the eighth, ninth, tenth round of drafts. And to this point, every week that he's played, he's been a top 15 player. It's just he's been hurt. So that has hurt the argument for him. But it's it's been extremely interesting. If you had a top five pick, I always love to see the studies every year where it's uh, talking about in a 12-team league, 10-team league, especially in the deeper leagues, but even in 12 or 10-team leagues, more often than not, the team that wins is the team with the number one pick because you have the guaranteed best player. and then everything else is kind of a crapshoot. You're always getting two players back to back. You're ahead of everybody else. Just mathematically, it works out that you have higher picks than everybody else. So your, your team typically would auto draft better. Sure. Than most teams. And, and you know, the, you know, recent history, you're getting a CMC or a, you know, you're getting mm -hmm. the true one where it's like, yeah. like, look at what you look at what you're going to get. It's a guarantee. You feel right. great about it. Whereas, as we just kind of went through the list, 
you get to six and it's already like God. Yeah. like what am i gonna do like there's warts all over everything and you just gotta kind of make the best of the situation that you get dealt when you get into those spots it's why i actually prefer to draft at like 11 and 12 because if it's all yeah. lottery tickets anyway then i don't want to pick at six because yeah, that's i just, just want to see what falls to me at that point mm-hmm. it's easy it just Whatever is the best available that falls to me, I will take it. When I get the wraparound. So at the next yeah. round, I get the, a much better player than having to wait yeah. to six more. Like, just having to keep waiting six or whatever, I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. I feel like I always end up with a mediocre team. I do not want to pick in the middle of the draft. I, like, I'd rather be one or 12, to be honest. Maybe two. You could talk me into two most years. It's It's like... It gets real ugly real quick. Even three, it starts to get to like, oh, that's not a guarantee every year. As we kind of just also, what's interesting too, like it, as we talk about these running backs, is you've got Dalvin Cook nine hundred. He has nine hundred and fifty-four rushing yards to go with twenty receptions, nine hundred and forty-six rushing yards and eleven receptions is Derrick Henry. So people want to talk about Derrick Henry being useless in PPR. And putting up terrible numbers, and he's only a half point guy, and he's having basically the same statistical season as Dalvin Cook right now, yeah. who is a clear cut top five. Well, people are always for me. They're wrong about Derrick Henry every year. They're wrong about Derrick yeah, Henry I mean, every this, year. This is two years in a row where last season he came out finally blew up at the end of the season. People said it was unsustainable that you got to sell high on Derrick Henry in Dynasty because he'll never repeat it. And now here he is. Second in the league by only eight yards in rushing. Yeah, well, the year before that, he had the six-game magical stretch that won that won people yeah. their playoffs, and everybody was like, unsustainable, it'll never happen again. And we're yeah. sitting here talking about the stat that we had at the time, which was, hey, you know in games where the Titans give Derrick Henry 20 or more carries, they win like 95% of them? Because I bet they know right. that. And yeah. I bet you LaFleur doesn't care, but I bet you Mike Rabel can, can read. And is like I love that that well, tweet. Well, I love that tweet. It took Matt Lafleur a year to figure out this photo, and it's Derrick Henry standing next to Dion Lewis. Yep. And it's like, yeah, it's it should be obvious. And Derrick Henry, for what it's worth, we brought it up last week. Go look at that schedule. If you want to talk about about like guys that should finish above where they are now, just based on easy schedule the rest of the way. Derrick Henry has all the plus matchups down the back half of this season. All of them. He's got them all. He's got set. So I'm not worried about Derrick Henry finishing inside the top five, given the schedule that he's going to be asked. Not worried about that at all. Well, that was the other thing too. So, I mean, considering where you got them, right? You would have had to take, generally speaking, you would have had to take uh, those guys that we mentioned, Cook, and Kamara in basically the same area as a Travis Kelsey. You're, you're talking about first round, and depending on the fade in the league you were playing in, back end first round, high end second round. So if you're going to put Travis Kelsey into that discussion of MVP for me, I feel like you would also have to be talking about Cook and Kamara. Because when you just look at the flat out numbers, like I said, through PPR, Right now, Alvin Kamara has 246 PPR points in nine games played. Dalvin Cook has 216. So Kamara is at 27.4 points per game. Dalvin Cook is at 27 points per game. The next highest, like I said, is James Robinson, who is at 162 points. 
18 points per game. Like it, it is not close. I mean, Aaron Jones, I think is close because he's missed some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw excuse the numbers on that one, but Aaron yeah, Jones. Like, CMC is averaging. Pick. CMC is averaging thirty points a game, and he was right. going number one overall, but he's only played three games. Uh, Aaron Jones has played seven games and is averaging twenty points a game, so he's the next highest. But even then, on a points per game basis, Alvin Kamara and Delvin Cook are giving you a seven point advantage over any other running back that you are going up against. Right. And I think if you're coming, if you're getting into a discussion of like Kamara and cook, because they were going so close together at the back end of that first round type of situation, because mm-hmm. they, they really were back into the first round type of thing, like eight, yeah. nine, 10, 11, 12, depending on your league size and who you were dealing with. But Kamara in particular, I think would have to be the MVP of those two, just based on the fact that he's outperformed cook slightly to this point. And for right now, for me, it would be Kamara if you were picking between those two. But there's every and chance he's been a little more consistent. He yeah. has been, and there's every chance at this point that Alvin Kamara could be like the number one running back and like a top five overall points finisher. You know what I mean? Quarterback always yeah. skews this, so it'll sure. be tough for him to do that. But he will certainly be the number one running back if he continues at the pace that he's on. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's indisputable. And if if that's the case, then I'd say I'd give it to him as the. As, as, as the serious well, and my other point too my, was in PPR scoring Travis Kelsey right now is averaging 18.8 points per game it, he's having a good year but it's not like he's having a spectacular season 18.8 points per game like I said that's less than what you're getting from either of those running backs it's less than what you're getting from Aaron Jones and more importantly you're talking about that he should be the MVP because of positional dominance, right? The number two guy is Darren Waller with 13. The number three guy is Hawkinson with 11.7. And then my boy John, who has 11.1, Mark Andrews has 11 points per game. So you're talking about on a points per game basis, you know, before George Kittle got hurt, he was definitely in the discussion. But even without Kittle factored in, Travis Kelsey has a four, five, six, maybe seven point advantage over the rest of the top 10. Whereas Cook and Kamara are seven points clear of anyone. Like they are the top two in a tier all to themselves at a position where in most leagues you have to start two every single week. They give you such a massive advantage on a weekend, week out basis. I think there's no way you could put Travis Kelsey over either one one of those guys yeah and i'd agree with that because if you're if you're taking value out of this slightly and you're talking about just like first top of second round picks that type of thing then i agree with that for sure it would have to be for me for my money as i already stated it would be Kamara. to this point if you had to crown a fantasy mvp right now my vote would in all likelihood be for james robinson because i would factor in the value of it and say i mean look at what you had to invest versus look at what you got and that's a league right. winner. That's a league winner. That's how you win your league. And that's usually how I vote for fantasy MVP along the lines of who won people their league the most. You know what I mean? And if you can have a definitive advantage, that plays into it with the Kelsey argument. So I'm not saying they're crazy. I understand like the logic sure. you would take to get I, there. I, I get it. By that argument, though, I think what, what you're saying, too, makes a lot of sense because... When we talk about guys like Cook or Kamara, you're limiting yourself to 
only the top five, six, seven, eight picks had a chance. Yep. Whereas when you talk about a guy like James Robinson, everybody in the league had a chance to draft that player and passed for 16 consecutive rounds. Yep. Nobody wants it. So Kyler Murray would be a guy that I feel like would fall into the category of MVP conversation as well, but he was a fourth round pick. Given that, again, 30.1 points per game, leads all quarterbacks, leads everybody, leads everyone at any position. However, right now in points per game, again, we'll wipe out injured players. In points per game, uh, the fifth rated quarterback at 24.6 points per game is Justin Herbert. I, th- I feel like if we're going to talk about value yep, and adding players to a team that could win you a championship, Justin Herbert went undrafted. Justin Herbert was unrostered for the first two weeks of the season. And then all of the sudden comes out of nowhere to get a start. And since then has put up the fifth most quarterback points in the league. So I, I don't know. That, I, I feel like if we're going to talk about MVPs, he has to also be part of he, that conversation. He would be for me, but I'd still go Robinson because it's, it's running back, which is, so important. And whereas QB, even with, well, like I said, in on, most leagues, you have to play too. Right. And additionally, Herbert would be my vote for rookie of the year. So that's, that's part of why I would actually, cause that's how I would vote on the, that's how we, we do vote on these at the end of every year. That's how I would be leaning currently is so you would make Robinson who is a rookie, the MVP, but give rookie of the year to Justin Herbert. That's kind of a weird. That's kind of a weird way to go about it, but it is kind of how I would lean to it in the moment. You that's know what fair. I mean? It's kind. Of, it's kind of like how they give um, for for so long how they would give like Peyton Manning the MVP and then give Drew Brees the Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's <laughs> kind of the way that the awards would need to work this year because I understand that Robinson is technically a rookie, but he wasn't drafted, so it's like he's a UDFA type of thing. So, but he is a rookie. Like by all, by all, it's totally valid. Like it's, it's his first year in the league, but because I would have him as MVP, I probably wouldn't vote for him twice in that way. And I got to give Herbert something for the run that he's put on because it's truly impressive. And it's another one to where I don't know that I've ever been more wrong because I was not a believer in this experiment, having watched him play at Oregon uh, for years. And just frankly, a lot of weird tape with the, with him at, with him at Oregon and Man, he comes into the league and he's just pushing the ball down the field. He's running, which we all, which that came through on the college tape. But the accuracy which with with which he's throwing those deep balls this year, never thought he would be that surgical this quickly, or even frankly at all. Because look at other big arm guys that get in here. Look at Josh Allen, who's still it's like oh it's five yards over his head. Watch Justin Herbert do the exact same thing because they're roughly the same size, and he just puts it right in Keenan Allen's hands, and it's just. Well, I mean, for me, I always thought that uh, Justin Herbert had talent and would be good. I mean, he was a top 10 pick in the league for a reason. For me, the biggest question mark for him in the offseason was how long would they stick with Tyrod? How long would that be a thing? And I couldn't trust drafting Justin Herbert because I figured the first half of the year he'd be holding the clipboard. And then when the crazy stuff happens and he gets thrown into the fire, he's been great. So... Again, that was why we were down on Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Eckler and all those guys at the beginning of the year. Because it was, well, as long as Tyrod's in there, there's a limited ceiling. We looked like geniuses for one week. That one week, <laughs> but it was actually Tyrod. We were so right. It's unbelievable. 
Uh, it was one of our best calls. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know what? Let's just project out how that would have gone on a 16 game pace and then call us right. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah I feel like yeah, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a better experiment. Let's just do that math for One us. game sample size is always the way that you want to exactly. interpolate from 100%. So while we're talking about MVPs, I got one more for you. Yeah. So on a per game basis, player A, nine receptions on 12 targets, 106 yards, and to this point has nine total touchdowns. Player B, Nine receptions on 12 targets, 108 yards per game, and nine total touchdowns for the season. Okay, let's see. Uh, it's points per game, so you could be trying to do one of these injury things. You, you try to fool me because he's only played like five I, do, I like to swerve you things like, on you. You do like to do that because otherwise it's easy. So here's, here's what I would say. Uh, one of them is Devontae Adams. And the other one is. You're right. I'm not going to make you guess. So the first one, player A, is Devontae Adams. Yeah, that one. I felt one of them was going to be Devontae Adams. I felt really good about that. Yeah. Nine catches on 12 targets for 106 yards per game. To this point, in seven games played, he has nine total touchdowns. Michael Thomas from last season, (laughs) who was the other man in the trifecta. For the entire 16-game season, on a per-game pace, had nine catches for 12 targets on 108 yards. So the exact same stat line, but only two extra yards per game, and had nine total touchdowns in the 16-game season. And he was setting all kinds of records and having a career year for a wide receiver in fantasy. And Devontae Adams is easily on that pace and has already hit Michael Thomas's touchdown total from last year. So if you're going to talk about anybody else in this MVP conversation, I think it's Devontae Adams, as long as he can stay on the field. So if Devontae Adams finishes the season on that pace, are you saying that for you, it's Devontae Adams as the fantasy MVP? No, I'm just saying he's in the discussion. Okay, no, for sure. Because I agree with that. He would have to be. Because he would be Mm -hmm. the top performer at his position. And that's typically how these get get worked out where it's like there's always mm-hmm. the top guys at each respective position yeah. and then kind of the weird like we, ta- we talked about kyler he's at 30.1 uh, points per game i just said cook is at 27 even uh, alvin Kamara is at 27.4 and Devonte adams is at 26.7 points per game okay yeah there you go and for context he's at 26.7 and our favorite touchdown dependent tyreek hill is at 19.5. Him and DeAndre Hopkins both at 19.5 is the second highest. So again, just like the running backs, he has a clean seven points per game lead on any other wide receiver in the league. It's unbelievable. But he has distanced himself as the clear-cut number one at the position. That makes sense. I mean, especially given, you know, you watch any of those Green Bay games, folks, like that's what it is. They go out there and especially with Lazard's coming if he, back. If he could stay on the field more, Jamison Crowder, 18 yeah. points a game. He's right there. He's he's in the conversation. I'm telling you. Uh, and this is why the, the maddeningness of Jamison Crowder. If because- Jamison Crowder stays on the field, Neil, through the playoffs and wins people their leagues, he is. Is one thousand percent in the MVP conversation, <laughs> and I will take no if fans or butts about it. Yeah, he's not going to win, but he'll get some votes. Mm-hmm. 
he'll get he'll no, get he'll some votes. He'll get my vote. He'll get, he'll get my vote. Yeah, for sure. He'll get some votes. He'll get at least one vote. That's yeah. yeah that that makes sense because well no I I agree with that because we talked about it all all season. There's the only reason that we were saying it's impossible for him to you know be ECR wide receiver forty in the preseason and that because he actually goes out and plays and it's like that that skill set and that talent on that bad of a team. There's no way that he's going to be you know ECR forty. But so far this season, the people who are always poo-pooing us with this and saying Jamison Crowder, you know, gets hurt too much to be a real fantasy thing. They're winning so far this year. They're they're winning that particular argument because he's been beat up again and it's causing him to miss time. And it's it's been unfortunate. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Neil. And when we come back, we've got a couple fun ones to get through. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right, and there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and more or less. In Stat Shootout, you put together a two or three player team that'll accumulate the most of whatever stat type you've chosen to play, like touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of the three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds the chosen goal, then you win. And the higher the target goal that you choose, the more you can win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee, or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry. I mean, obviously you go big or you go home. Obviously. Then there's rapid fire where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win, but again, more risk, the higher the reward. Sure, I mean, I only need to get two out of three matchups right to win one and a half times my entry, but if I can get five out of five, I'm looking at that 15 times payout again. You can buy me a lot of John U. Smith jerseys with that money, Neil. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Just depending on the contest, you'll be giving two to six players and their statistic targets for the game, like Cam Newton with 233 and a half passing yards against Miami. You have to decide if that player will get more or less than that target. But just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return as well. So you can go two for two to get that basic one and a half times payout if that's what you want to play. But if you've got the nerve, you can attempt to go six for six and hit the 30 times payout. So many John New jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free. Oh, do love the free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE. That's promo code NONSENSE. And Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. So go to Monkey Knife Fight and use promo code NONSENSE, N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, and get in on the action this weekend. All right, we're back. We got a, a couple fun ones I want to talk about just because they, they tickle me, Neil. So first, all right, we got a couple of wide receivers here. So 32 receptions on 46 targets for 528 yards and two touchdowns is player A. Player B, 
39 receptions on 50 targets for 395 yards and also two touchdowns. So basically the same targets. Player A has slightly less receptions, but many more yards. So who are A and B? Mm. Yeah. Somebody with a lot of yards. A lot of yards. Ones that tickle you. Is <laughs> is one of them quarter L Patterson? <laughs> God no. Okay. So just, oh I had to throw gosh. it out. I had to throw it out. Just to just, I had to throw it out. <laughs> Gotta throw that out there. Uh, future that. Bears starting quarterback. Yeah, quarter future, future Bears every man. It's gonna be he's gonna play <laughs> multiple positions at the same time. All right, let's see. One of them then is is one of them Amari Cooper? No. Okay. All right. Well, I give up, Mr. Funny Man. What tickles you about these two? <laughs> All right. Well, this one tickled me because you guessed it earlier. Player A is T. Higgins. And oh, I knew B it. Is Tyler Boyd. I knew it. <laughs> Son of a. You're going to have to mute all of it. I knew it. I knew that you would get me with this at some point. Oh, I knew at some point we would discuss it. Hilarious. This is, if you can't tell, folks, this is the so one this where we is, did the show sheet. Yeah. Like this, this is since week four. Uh, so since week four, T. Higgins has had basically the same amount of targets and just a couple less receptions, but significantly more yardage and the same amount of touchdowns. In fact, the 528 yards for T. Higgins since week four only Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams have more receiving yards in that stretch. And remember, T. Higgins had a bye. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just saying. Yep. You want to talk about the things that we've missed in the offseason. Boy, did we get T. Higgins right. Nailed it. My goodness. Nailed it. T. Higgins, dynasty monster. T. Higgins, now redraft monster. T. Higgins, monster for the future. Can't wait to see. Yeah, T. Higgins, I got to say, for dynasty purposes, he is borderline top 12. Yeah. He, he oh, is yeah. in the conversation long-term wide receiver one. He is the new A.J. Green on that team. He has established himself as the dominant alpha. Uh, he has been fun to watch. It has been exciting, and I can't wait to see what they do there. He's literally relegated AJ Green while he's still on the team. That's how dominant T Higgins is. Remember when they had John Ross, and they were like, "Oh, no, well, John Ross will get the not at all. John no, Ross will I've, start I've the season." That period of time. Yeah, remember that from the beginning of this year. John Ross will start the season, and if he plays well, he might be able to keep T Higgins off the field. Just cut to week four. <laughs> Here comes T Higgins making his first remember NFL. When I got- a second round pick in that dynasty league for John Ross because people just refuse to believe that's never going to happen. Remember when in dynasty, I effectively traded Auden Tate and Russell Gage for T Higgins. <laughs> for T Higgins, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I did that. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Put it on the wall. <laughs> it's yeah, it was pretty strong. Oh, that's... Uh, no, I really like that one. Uh, and th- there, I have one more. This will be the last one today. This one tickled me as well. So let's see if you can get this one. Uh, comparing two QBs. 151 attempts, or I'm sorry, 151 completions on 222 attempts, 1,856 yards, 12 total touchdowns, and 7 total turnovers. Okay. Player B, 149 completed passes on 243 attempts, 1,646 yards, 15 total touchdowns, seven turno- uh, total turnovers. Okay, I'm going to say one of those is Dak, because this this feels like paint by, paint by numbers. Always. 
that you're going to try Always. and mess with me. So one of those is Dak for sure, and I'm going to say the other one is Cousins. Uh, th- I see. I went with that last week, but I <laughs> swerved a little here because yeah. I didn't want to go back to back. So it's not Kirk Cousins. But player A is Dak. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, one of them was Dak. Uh, yeah, so he's got 151 completions and on 222 attempts, 1,856 yards, 12 touchdowns in only his five games played. And even then, it was yeah. four and a half. <laughs> it was four and a half games played, and he has basically the exact same stat line that through nine games baker mayfield is currently rocking so there you go there you go oh kirk cousin self (laughs) so in literally in double the games baker mayfield has just now caught the production of dak prescott that is how sad is that that is sad and and unsurprising you know you know what's even more sad about it is remember cleveland went on a stretch of four consecutive games with 30 points scored for the first time in like 20 years or Remember something. Remember that, that one week that they got Odell involved early and everybody was like, he's yeah. back, and then immediately got injured, which is sad. But we don't want to harp on offense. that, but then went right in the tank. As soon as Odell was yeah. off the field, just right back in the tank. They got, they got nothing. Yeah, their offense was like humming at the beginning of the year. Yep. And they've, they, it's not like they've played bad, but yeah, he just his numbers have not been good, and it's part no, of the don't they have six wins? Has been so frustrated. I'm pretty sure they have six wins as a team. Cleveland does. <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm, I thought they had. Do they have six? Are they six and three? They I might think be they're six, six and, three. and three at this point. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. That's that's uh, pretty sure. Yeah, because they, I believe that they're now officially tied with the Ravens. After the Ravens yes. lost, I believe. Lost, that is, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, it's again, it's not like they're not playing well offensively. It's not like they're not playing well as a team. It's just Baker isn't chucking the ball around like crazy. Well, they're running the ball, which is what they want to do. It's what they brought that offense in to do was to feature Nick Chubb when he's healthy and Kareem Hunt or each of them individually if one of them is hurt. And we know that they that's what that's by design. But that's going to happen. And that's the other reason Jarvis Landry has been so frustrating is he's just not getting the, the volume. And now that there's nobody else for them to have to respect, well, opposing defenses just aren't, they don't have to respect it. You know what I mean? So just fine. Stop Jarvis in the passing game. Huh. Because what, what's, what are you worried about? Austin Hooper? Like, that's, well, it's not that he's getting no value. I mean, he's got 55 targets to this point through the season, which is not great. It's definitely not where he wants to be and where we wanted him to be to this point, but he is still probably the leading target guy in Cleveland right now, especially with Odell out. But yes, to this point in the season, he leads the team with 55 targets as sad as that is. It's sad, but it's, it's not even my, my, that, that was only part of my, my point on juice this year. It's frustrating that he's only at 55 targets. I would have thought he'd be at significant. We had him projected for more than that through nine games played. The crazy thing about where he's at this season, what's depressing his value so much, he has zero touchdowns through nine games played. Zero. That that feels impossible, right? That that feels like it's just a complete anomaly. Yeah, and, and that would be why he'd be frustrated too. I mean, this was a guy that we had back in 20s, like high-end 30s in our rankings, and yeah. he's finished in the top 24 just one time, and it was at 24. So he, he has been barely rosterable to this point. So you can understand his frustration in a league that we've played in for years where it allows draft pick trading, but it's still a redraft league. They were unsuccessful 
the team that rosters Jarvis Landry was unsuccessful in acquiring a pick at any level. That's how bad, and believe me, folks, in a league like that, anything with a pulse gets gobbled up for late round picks because they're all expendable. You know what I mean? You can draft around it. It's not that big of a deal. To to not even be able to to rake in anything, to, to not be able to move him at all, speaks to the frustration level that I think people have. And they look at the numbers and they're just like, I can't trust it. And it feeds into the lack of attempts for Baker. And it feeds into the fact that he has no touchdowns. And it feeds into the the idea now that with that team is designed to run the ball. That goes back to the preseason, like we talked about. They're designed to run the ball, yeah. run heavy team. But also now, you know, at least they had to respect Odell Beckham, the, def- the, the opposing defenses. And now it's just, well, as far as passing opportunities, I'll just make sure I stop Jarvis with everything I have and focus the rest of my attention on the run game. And I'll, if you want to beat me with Austin Hooper, go for it. Because that's what you're literally telling them yep. to do with it. And that's not pretty much. I mean, look, to this point, like I said, he's got 55 targets that leads the team. Number two is still Odell Beckham with 43. And then you've got Kareem Hunt has 39. Austin Hooper has 35. Yeah. There's no other it's, viable. They're not even receivers. using Kareem Hunt in the passing game. Like they're, they're barely throwing the ball because it's the Stefanski offense. Yep. He just brought Minnesota to Cleveland. And that's what they're doing. Well, they're six and three. And to be fair, <laughs> they're six and three. Why? Can't why change it? Yeah, they're 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 as, as much as like you can argue if you're Odell. You can argue yeah, if you're Jarvis, and you're not home. getting what you want. And but. and Jarvis can argue from from the from the sideline, but he's not going to get what he wants, and that's unfortunate. And he spikes his helmet in a winning game. Yeah, and you can tell he's frustrated too by his lack of, you know, just involvement in what's going on. And it's frustrating too, and it's got to be for him to watch Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt just do everything out there while he's pretty much relegated to like running some patterns and then blocking because that's one of his underrated skill sets. He's a really good blocker, so they use him for that quite a bit, and he'll have a job forever as long as he's willing to do it. But he wants to do what he's done for Cleveland in years past, where he's a target and volume monster, and he scores a smattering of touchdowns, and he's actually you know a wide receiver too. And we were concerned. That's why he was the top end of flex for, I think, both of us, because we were concerned that something like this could happen. But never would I have have envisioned that he'd be a full 20 wide receiver spots clear lower of where we had him in our projection. It just doesn't seem possible. They'd have to throw at some point, at some level, right? Even Adam Thielen had success in the in the Stefanski yeah, exactly. offense, right? Like, somebody's got to do it. And no, to this point, no. It's just, we're just going to man up and beat you. But that's it. Good week, Neil. Good week. We will uh, be back next week for our the Thanksgiving preview show. The Thanksgiving so, preview show, which will likely be a which will likely be a Canadian heavy episode. The annual oh, thing. Canada. Yeah. Well, they're not. Oh, they're not. Canada. They're not going on vacation like all the Americans. <laughs> you know, that's they're going to be around. So I have a feeling it's going to yeah. be a very Canadian Thanksgiving show, folks. Catch the fever. Catch the fever, indeed. Uh, Neil, where can people find you on socials? Until then. You can argue with me about who the fantasy MVP is on on at nonsense underscore Neil on the Fantasy Life app and on Twitter. Feel free to stop by at importantnonsense.com and check out the trade deadline trade tables. They went up went up uh, one today, one tomorrow. If you can get any last minute trades in, now's the time, folks. You've got twelve hours if you're listening to this on Wednesday night. So if you got anything, any hope left, get it done. 
Uh, you can follow the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NonsenseFF. You can follow us in the Important Nonsense community page on the Fantasy Life app. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube page where the nerd gives out his waiver wire pickups every Monday. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen. Leave us a five-star review if you listen on Apple. Follow me everywhere at Nonsense underscore Steve. And until next week, make sure you keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!